This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. And, uh, you know, at the risk of sounding like we're recycling a topic, we're talking about recycling. Part three of a three-part series fronted by Carolyn Jarvis on Global News tonight. I wanted to get back into uh, the substance of it because we're told over the first two installments, if you've been paying attention earlier this week, uh, Canada's recycling industry is on life support but there may be a way to fix it. Joining us on the line is Nathan Cullen, the NDP MP for Prince Rupert, out BC way, and he submits that he may just have the answer to fixing it. Mr. Cullen, good to have you on the Oakley Show here in Toronto. Thank you so much. This is, um, I'm a hometown kid born and raised in Toronto, so it's nice to hear uh, from the big smoke. <laughs> it's old home week. Well, you know, what we've heard from the big smoke, including uh, the person in charge of uh, waste management here in the city yesterday, that uh, indeed uh, the industry, this is recycling, is uh, seriously uh, going downhill. Uh, there's a lot of red tape. They're losing money on the gambit, uh, millions of dollars annually. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the situation out in where you represent now, out in B.C.? I understand it's uh, the converse to all of that. Uh, it's better, yet we, when we look right across Canada, we're facing the problem, and it's a serious one, that 90% of what we're throwing into the blue box when it comes to plastics isn't being recycled. It's ending up in landfills. And that is a shocking number to a lot of Canadians. I took my blue box out this morning and felt good about it because it's my civic duty, and all my neighbors did too. The problem is in the way we've set this thing up. The types of plastic that are being produced today, particularly when it comes to packaging, some other things, there's so many kinds. They may even have a little recycling logo on the bottom. And so technically, they might be recyclable, but in practical reality, they're not. And so what we've suggested in this bill I introduced in Parliament, which was sponsored by a citizen in British Columbia, was to say all recycling, all packaging, excuse me, in Canada must be recyclable within a a few years' time that enough of this complicated, sordid mess that municipalities, cities cannot figure out, costing us millions, and a whole bunch of it's ending up in the landfill anyways, which is frustrating to us all, whether your primary concern is your municipal tax bill or the environment itself. Well, you know, I'm led to believe as well, though, contamination is an issue, so if people are dutifully putting things in the blue bin, they're doing so erroneously or to the detriment of recycling. Sure, and that's that's part of it. Part of your education program in a city of any kind is to say, look, if you're you're putting the yogurt container in, but it's all got a ton of yogurt in it, you might as well just chuck it in the landfill because the the system can handle a lot of contaminated plastics and recycle them efficiently. So there's there's that end that people got to know. There's there's one step left. Give it a little rinse, and you're good to go. On the the part that citizens can't affect, which is the way that the stuff is manufactured in the first place. We want to change the upstream. We're also looking at the downstream. We want somewhere for this plastic to be able to go when it is recycled, because right now there's not enough places that are taking it to make into new products, and we have a couple of ideas about how to fix that too. So we've had recycling for quite a few years. I remember the early 80s, I think we had a big garbage strike in Toronto, and we filled up tennis courts all over the city with our with our waste and I think that was the beginning of the recycling program where we realized we produce a lot of garbage and it's a problem. So what do you want to do about it? It was a good idea. It was a good start, but we haven't tweaked it enough. We haven't fixed it enough and kept it up to date and it's not operating well. And I worry that it would end up shutting down entirely. Yeah, What you're talking about too, though, in part is changing manufacturing. Uh, That's right. That's right. And and contents. Well, 
Try, tell me then, why is it that in B.C., if I understand correctly, uh, their recycling rate at 69% is the highest in the country. They're actually accepting more items in blue bins, while we in Toronto are accepting fewer, uh, like only higher-grade aluminum. The other stuff, like pie plates and uh, cat food mm-hmm. containers, uh, they're now considered verboten. Uh, well, how come BC is getting it uh, to a higher uh, a higher threshold? Well, one of the reasons is that British Columbia has laws that are very similar in some part to the way Europe does things. So that when the consumer, it's called extended producer responsibility. <clears throat> that means when a producer makes somebody manu- somebody manufactures something, they're responsible to the thing is either disposed of or recycled, and and pay for it. So the entire blue box system in British Columbia is paid for by the Consumer Products Association. So the people who are making the stuff that's ending up in our homes on, on the store shelves and ending up in the blue bins are also the people paying for it. That gives them a huge incentive to have a much more efficient system because if things are being sent to the landfill, it gets more expensive for them. They, we've put incentives into the program to say, we want to maximize how much of this stuff gets reused in some kind of way. That puts the producers, the manufacturers, on the same side of those of us trying not to fill up landfills. We know in the city of Toronto, similar to Montreal and Vancouver, the cost on your tax bill for landfilling is enormous. It's, we're in the hundreds of millions of dollars per year across the country because, as you know, making a landfill is very expensive. Filling it up and then having to shut it down, also incredibly expensive. And the stuff lasts for, well, thousands of years. You're responsible for it. If it ever leaks, contaminates local water, now you've got other costs on your hands. So we're trying to make an appeal to say we've got to change the way that we manufacture products in this country, make it smarter, and we can do it. Clearly, it's not an intellectual or manufacturing problem. It's just having our laws strong enough and our incentives good enough so that producers get it, consumers do their job when they buy something, recycle it, and then we actually have somewhere for it to go, and it gets reused and reused again and again. Again, with Nathan Cullen, NDP MP for Prince Rupert, on this issue of recycling. This is part three of a three-part series. Carolyn Jarvis and Megan Robinson with Global News uh, have really put in stark relief what's happening with recycling. And in some municipalities like Toronto, it's a losing gambit. Uh, loses money, actually. Costs us money. But in B.C., as we're hearing from Mr. Cullen now, they actually have a high return rate, uh, even accepting more items in blue bins, while the rest of us uh, across the country, certainly here in Toronto, are cutting down. Uh, but I'm curious what you just said, because uh, if you make a product, you sell a product, you import a product uh, that's collected in a blue bin, you have to pay for its recycling. Uh, is that cost passed on to consumers? What we've found is, yes, essentially, the, the cost is in the product. It's not passed on to taxpayers, because that's what, say, the situation in Toronto is. Someone makes a product, sells the product, you throw it out in the garbage. You and all your neighbors are now paying for the landfilling of that product which is a choice. I'm not sure that's the smartest choice. I would rather not put it in the landfill for a whole bunch of reasons like we've talked about. Carolyn's piece on, on Global News, for your, your listeners, they got to watch this. It's so insightful, goes through piece by piece where the challenges are and starts to talk about some of the solutions. Look, for every human on the planet right now living today, there's a ton of plastic waste in existence for each of us that, that we know in our oceans there will be more plastic waste by volume than fish by 2035 and it's getting into our food it's getting back to us so unless we want to be feeding our kids microplastics all the time i think it's on us to do something smarter and better plastics are a great promise they're quite an amazing product yet we're not handling them properly right now because they last so long 
They're in many cases very toxic, and you got to handle them with some care. And I, I think this whole notion of garbage, we got to rethink the term. <laughs> we treat things like they're throwaway, and that we put them in the bin and they go away. Well, they they kind of don't. These things all cycle back through over. Give it enough time, and we got to start thinking about closing this loop so that we feel good about it. But having a ton of waste, and and half of that, all of the plastic waste on the planet has been created in the last 17 years. That means we're increasing the amount of plastics we're producing. We don't get our handle on this thing. What are we going to tell our kids? <laughs> Story about this mess we left behind. Good luck trying to figure out all these landfills that are leaching onto your into your water table right now. Yeah, apart from plastics, uh, paper and packaging as well. Mm-hmm. There's a high recovery rate under BC's Environmental Management Act, as mm-hmm. I understand it. Uh, how does that work? It's very similar. So I, I, I want to caution myself and I guess your listeners here. I don't place myself as an expert in this. There's many people across the country, and Carolyn interviews a lot of them in the segment, who understand the nuances between this paper grade and that paper grade. But you, you start with overarching goals. And the overarching goal is to make the garbage as small as possible, only the stuff that's most difficult to deal with, and make it easy for the citizen go into the curb that they don't have to do a ton of sorting and be able to read little tiny fine print on things that most of the things that you buy should be able to end up either in your compost or in your recycling bin. And it should be an easy process. I, I'm in politics. I think if you make things really difficult and onerous for people, you're almost guaranteeing that the participation and the success is going to be lower too. So that's what BC has been focused on. And And if any of your listeners have ever spent any time in some of the European, almost all the European countries, right away you see it. It's Things are handled differently. They're handled better. And once we, once countries go in that direction, what we've learned around the world is countries never go back. You know what I mean? If, mm. if you've got a blue bin at work that you can put your paper in, you do it for a couple of years, suddenly that blue bin's gone and you're supposed to throw all that paper into the garbage. It feels wrong. It feels stupid because it is. We know there's alternatives and there's a better way to handle it. We should look to the best models in the world, not just fall to the bottom. Yeah, well, with Carolyn and Megan's piece, uh, again, producers have to recover 75% of the paper and packaging they produce, and that target increases under government review every five years, and producers face fines if they don't reach it, although nobody hasn't yet. That's out in B.C. Uh, it remains to be seen if that will be the regime followed out here in uh, in Ontario imminently, but... Uh, Very insightful, very instructive as well. Nathan, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. You got it. Nathan Cullen is the NDP MP for Prince Rupert and speaking to this three-part series on Global News with Carolyn Jarvis and Megan Robinson regarding recycling and uh, what you need to know. It's kind of a frightening scenario where a lot of these things that uh, we just take for granted we think are going into the blue bin and therefore uh, we'll have a happy afterlife (laughs) that isn't necessarily the case they're slated for landfill thanks for listening to the john oakley show podcast be sure to rate review and subscribe for free at apple podcasts google podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio